You're listening to Mid-South Minute, the podcast, where co-op and community collide. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to episode five of the Mid-South Minute. We are still social distancing here at Mid-South, and I'm here with Justin. Hey, y'all. And Morgan. Hey, guys. So the sound quality is going to be a little bit different than our original first couple of podcasts because they're calling in via FaceTime. Um, But I'm Erin Hughes, and let's get things started. So one of the first things we wanted to talk about today was the fact that June is just right around the corner. Um, For one, I can't believe May is almost over. It's Friday here, and it's the Friday before Memorial Day. And it's just like May went by so fast. It just, where did the time go? I don't know. How are y'all feeling over there? Yeah, it's flying by. Yeah, when you work from home, things tend like the days just like blend together. So <laughs> you think it's you think it's Thursday, but it's Monday. You know that kind of thing. So. Yeah. So one of the things with June being right around the corner is, unfortunately, that means that hurricane season is right there as well. So we wanted to kind of talk about today different ways that you can prepare for hurricane season, different ways that Mid South prepares for hurricane season. And a few of the features that we've implemented in the new year to help with that situation. Morgan, do you want to talk a little bit about how the members themselves can prepare for hurricane season? So the things that our members can do to go ahead and get ready for hurricane season, um, the first thing that you can do, you know, right now is go ahead and gather those things that you need in case of an emergency. Um, if you have to leave the house, things like radio, flashlight, extra batteries for all of your electronics bottled water because if you can't get to the grocery store for a couple days you'll still need clean drinking water and then non-perishable food Um, then like your important documents so in the case of an evacuation you know you want to be able to grab those things and take them with you just in case something does happen Um, another thing that you want to go ahead and think about are your pets or your animals you know you don't want to leave them behind in the case of an emergency so if you were asked to leave for an evacuation you want to go ahead and make those plans now So go ahead and talk through that emergency evacuation plan with your immediate family, you know, those that live in your house and even, you know, like parents, grandparents, somebody else who will know where you're going and where you'll be just in case something does happen. Yeah, I think that's so important. I I remember going through Hurricane Rita when I was younger. You know, I, I grew up on the east side of 45 over in Polk County. I remember people literally sitting on the roof of cars, on trunks, on hoods, holding on the hoods. Going down the highway at that time, when it's, when it's a situation that's that 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 critical, they open up all lanes of traffic, uh, east, west, north, southbound, going one direction away from the hurricane. And there's people driving through ditches, like I said, holding on to the hoods of cars. So you have to really plan. It, it, it sometimes it's hard to think that far ahead in the situations like that. That can be that critical. Uh, but people are desperate to get away from a hurricane sometimes. So you have to plan for those things. You know, roads get shut down. All lanes of traffic are going one way. What if you need to get two miles down Highway 146 like I did growing up, but you couldn't because all lanes of traffic were going one direction? Well, you take the ditch to get home. So it, it gets really critical if you uh, if you don't plan properly. Keep that in mind. I mean, uh, it, as, as time goes by, we tend to forget about those situations like the Ikes and the Ritas and the Harveys, uh, and we get a little bit desensitized to how serious those things can be. But do those things that Morgan's telling you. Uh, get your supplies ready. 
uh, make a plan. Tell people where where you plan to go when you need to bug out, you know, get out of your home and go north to get away from a hurricane. So very good advice, Morgan. Yeah, and then if you do decide to stay home, you know, a lot of us out here have generators. And so you want to make sure that you're using those safely, too. There are things that you do that could cause fires or you could end up hurting someone. So one of the first things that we want to encourage you never to do is never connect a generator directly to your home's wiring unless your home has been wired for generator use. And the reason we say don't do that is because it's called backfeeding. And so when you plug into your electrical outlet, your generator, you're basically electrifying that line back. Your family, your neighbors, or even our linemen that are working to try to get your power back on could get shocked and you know that could be very dangerous yeah and we we want everybody to go home so in mid-south we know everybody that works here so uh, in those situations where you know somebody's trying to be clever and we understand when you're in that situation you want the comfort of electricity back but when people take a uh, extension cord and modify it and put two male ends of the plug on an extension cord plug one into the generator and then one into the socket on their home and then, uh, like Morgan was saying, you know, backfeeding electricity through that circuit. If you don't have that main disconnect open on your on your breaker panel, uh, you're going to energize power back through that meter and back onto the power line. And what happens when that power gets to the transformer? It's going to step that voltage up, so it becomes even more dangerous for the people working on that power line. So I can't emphasize that point enough for those out there listening. Do not do that under any circumstances only plug your generator directly into the appliances that you're using so very very important to take that one to heart yes for sure and then um so on that note you know obviously you're probably not going to be able to run everything at once so you need to pick and choose what appliances need to be plugged in at whatever time so you know maybe you plug in the fridge for a little bit and then keep the doors closed so it stays cool and then plug something else in, let that run for a while and then come back and replug in your refrigerator. Some other generator tips, you can turn off all the equipment powered by the generator before shutting it down. That helps keep you safe. Never put your generator in like an indoor surface or, or indoor area, some place where it doesn't get to breathe properly. So that can cause car- carbon monoxide poisoning, which is very dangerous to you and your family. What else am I forgetting, guys? They're all solid points. I think you covered most of them there. So if you have any additional questions about how to operate your generator safely at home during a storm situation, feel free to reach out to us in Mid-South, 936-825-5100. A member service rep can answer those questions for you and help keep you and everybody else safe at home. So thanks so much for sharing those tips, guys, um, on how our members can get prepared. Well, now we want to talk about how Mid-South prepares for these hurricanes. Uh, we watch the news, and we try to get everything ready. And I'm going to toss it to Justin and let him kind of explain how Mid-South prepares for hurricanes. Yeah, in one of our earlier episodes on the podcast, we discussed how you know, Mid-South prepares for situations like the coronavirus. You know, we have an emergency operations plan in place to help us through situations of any kind. Uh, and I feel like at Mid-South, one of the things we do really well is respond during storm situations and uh, hurricanes, of course, being one of those. In my experience, Mid-South has performed well. We've got that standard plan in place and a template for us to go through one of those situations, but they're all different. None of them are the same. You may have uh, more trees on power lines in one storm than another, more broken poles. 
in a hurricane situation, it gets even more difficult because there can be such a wide pathway of damage versus like a tornado that might be a few miles. A hurricane could be hundreds of miles of damage. So, you know, like in Harvey, we had damage from, you know, uh, the very south end of Texas all the way to the uh, Louisiana-Texas border and then north. Supply of materials is important. How are our operations folks working with our supply management team to make sure we have enough transformers and poles and wire to rebuild power lines when they get damaged by storms? So it's very critical for us to maintain that supply chain. Uh, internally, our system operators making sure that they're prepared to handle those situations and always have staff on hand to operate our, our SCADA systems, keep linemen steadily working. You know, these guys are not machines. But they work really, really hard. But if you work 16-hour shifts for a week or two, it wears on your body. So we have to make sure that we get those guys some relief, get them some rest time, make sure we have enough contract crews to come in and uh, give those guys some relief and continue to rebuild the power lines to get you guys power back at home. So we understand that it's inconvenient to lose power. Uh, and we, what we really appreciate here at Mid-South are those kind words that come our way from the members. Social media is such a big platform for us uh, to hear from you guys. So when you send out those words of encouragement, uh, even when you, you mention a specific crew that they did this for you, uh, we really take that to heart. It gives everybody a little bit extra energy during those times when we're really tired. Thank you for that. Uh, and when we get in those storm situations, go back to social media uh, when you need updates. That's one of the best places to get information from us. We have information on our outage map that's at our website, uh, midsouthelectric.com. That will give you up-to-date information, which is recently updated. Uh, we just uh, pushed a new update after that outage map. And uh, you'll know, you know how many people are affected by your specific outages and crew assigned. Uh, you can sort that by how many uh, meters are out within a specific county. Even our emergency management offices within each county go to that, that map, and they look for the uh, amount of residents that are affected within our service territory with that map. So. It's a very handy tool for members, our uh, first responders, and our emergency management offices. We're doing everything we can to keep you guys informed during those situations. Mid-South stays prepared year-round for those things. Uh, rest assured, we're here to help you through those situations uh, and get your power back on. Yeah, and should hurricane season roll around and you do experience an outage like Justin was talking about, we have rolled out a new feature uh, where you can actually text in your outage. So if you send the word outage to 352-667, you can report your outage via your cell phone. So if your landline's down and you just can't get a call through that way, you can text it to us through your cell phone. Don't forget about the mobile app as well. You can report outages through there. So that way you don't have to uh, maybe sit on the phone for a while to speak to representatives. Now, there, there could be as many as 10 to 15 representatives on the phone at one time to take your call. But if there's thousands of people without power because of a hurricane or a tornado or something drastic like that, chances are the phone lines are going to be pretty jammed. So we encourage you to use those alternative methods of reaching out to us. Go on to uh, what Aaron, Aaron mentioned, the, uh, the texting feature, uh, the mobile app, and uh, check out Outage Map. That's where the information is at. Right now, as of the day of this recording, it is uh, May 22nd. There's about 200 miles of fiber constructed on the Mid-South Fiber Project. Now, some of that splice together, some of it's not, some of that's underground. But we've got crews out there working really hard to get that uh, installed for us. Now, we've got a lot of comments on Facebook and social media from people interested in the project. Now, when is it coming? That's it. You know, when is it coming? That's, that's what everybody wants to know because so many people are working from home, doing school from home, and they need that to get their schoolwork done, 
or upload these files. And let's just face it, everybody wants to stream TV now uh, or play games on the Internet and just stay connected with the world. So uh, we're working very hard to bring that to you. Uh, hopefully we'll have some big announcements in the near future uh, when we're going to get the first folks connected. Plan to start testing that soon whenever we're able to get everybody connected. And once we test it, we will start doing drops to folks' homes, fiber drops, that is. Then we'll come back and do the uh, home installations. For that, people will start getting Mid-South Fiber Internet. Uh, We're working hard to bring that to you as fast as we can. I don't have any definite time frames for you. There's a lot of uh, variables within a project that's this big that could, uh, you know, unexpectedly delay uh, the build-out process. We're working hard to mitigate any of those delays, and we are definitely you know, building as quickly as we can. Uh, hang in there with us. Please stay uh, up to date on Facebook with our progress. You know, Aaron and we're going to put out some great content. And uh, we're running some promotions as well. So if you're interested in winning like an iPad or maybe a set of AirPod Pros or maybe some other cool things that are coming in the future, uh, be sure to go on Facebook, like, comment, and share, if you would, uh, those posts for a chance to win one of those great prizes. Stay tuned, folks. We'll have more for you soon. Yeah, so Justin, I know you were talking about earlier, you had a funny story about working from home, and I know this fiber would definitely help us in that sense, you know, trying to upload those big files and things like that, but I I know you wanted to share your story, so go ahead on that. Oh, so yeah, working from home, so just a quick little PSA for me, out there to all those hardworking parents, you know, with little kids at home, I'm with you. Funny little story, a couple weeks ago, we have a a standing 9.30 call on Friday mornings with the folks working on that fiber project here in the South, and I was in the middle of giving my update to everybody on that call. Now, on that call, it's, it's everybody from, you know, sometimes the CEOs on there, senior VPs, and other people managing uh, different aspects of the project. So there's about 20-plus people on this call. I'm in the middle of my update. My Two of my kids just start banging on the door, hollering for daddy. And I'm just, I just keep rolling. I get distracted a little bit, but I keep rolling, finish my piece, put it on mute. I roll on. Nobody says anything. And I asked one of the guys uh, shortly thereafter that was on the call with me, could he hear the kid hollering in the back? And he said, oh, no, 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 man, you're fine. You're fine. I, I, you, we couldn't hear anything. So I took his word for it. So a couple of days later, I was on a call with somebody else that was on that same Friday morning call with me. And I asked him, I said, hey, could you hear my kids during that call? She's like, oh, yeah, I could hear everything. <laughs> <laughs> so the struggle is real, y'all. You know, all you working parents out there, you know, Keep your head up. Keep plugging away. If your kid jumps on your Zoom call, just laugh it off and move on. You're doing the best you can. Hang in there. That's all I can say. Yeah, I know. I sent a before and after picture of my last conference call of what my living room looked like when I had to um, basically let my daughter run free for 30 minutes and the what my living room mm-hmm. looked like after that. So, yeah, working yeah. at home with the toddlers, fun experience. That's interesting. Yeah, balancing home and work all at the exact same time. Needs of kids. You've got your performance to keep up with at work. So it's a very unique challenge. You know, the workplace is changing. It's an interesting thing to keep up with and see where the future takes us. Well, we hope everyone has a wonderful Memorial Day weekend. And stay safe. Continue social distancing. Wash your hands. And we will see you down the line. 